the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? Do really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Al Johnson, and our producer, Ed Salisbury, all directors of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. We brought in one of our board members, Dr. Al Johnson, to talk about climate change, global warming, all that's going on with that. Al, it always makes me smile. I know it doesn't make you smile, but it makes me smile when this topic comes up because it bothers you. It eats at you. And you are fascinated by the way that people believe that every ill on the planet can be blamed on climate change. Uh, Just a couple of examples. Insufficient sleep is due to climate change. Parasitic diseases are due to climate change. (laughs) What nags it when you hear this stuff? Well, it nags at me in this sense. I I think back, if you've been following the IPCC reports. What does that stand for? International something on climate change. It's a UN body. Okay. But they put out periodic reports. But one of them, if you remember, one of these high commissioners said that the glaciers on the Himalayas were going to melt by 2035. This was put out in, in 2007. Now, they had to apologize later, and they did, in three years later in 2010. And I've got the article here. It says, UN Climate Panel apologizes for faulty statements. Faulty statements. It's not that I was mistaken. They deliberately made a misnomer. The paragraph was based on information from a 2005 report by the World Wildlife Fund, which had in turn been taken from an article that appeared in the popular UK science journal, The New Scientist. The data in the original article was later deemed faulty. But you put out a pronouncement that the whole world is now fearful of those glaciers being gone by 2035. What must we do? What can we do? Nothing should stop us from doing something, except it's based on a lie. So when we attribute any ill whatever it is, disease or scabies or uh, psoriasis or whatever it is. I mean, short. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. So you all recognize as well that there's a difference between correlation and cause. I mean, tall people, generally speaking, have larger feet. Neither one is causing the other. Because you have big feet doesn't cause you to be tall or vice versa. Correlation is something that we observe, and we can even project sometimes into a theory. But causation is a much different animal, and this global warming got the horse before the cart. It's, it's wrong. That's all. One of the things we haven't discussed during these times has been that the idea that's out there in the public that's presented by the media, and a lot of scientists, is that it's CO2. It is greenhouse effect. We are causing it. Well, we talked earlier about that our contribution to the carbon cycle is very low. What we haven't talked about is that it looks like solar data 
and cosmic rays coming into the Earth are better controllers, contributors, and correlated to what we see. What are your thoughts on that? I happen to concur that those observations are more likely to be the cause. The problem is, for the global warming folks, is we can't do anything to mitigate against those. So you can't tax the sun. You can't tax anybody else (laughs) to make this thing stop what it's doing, which typically taxes are designed to reduce some kind of behavior. One of the best evidences I've seen for really refuting this stuff, it is all carbon emissions that's causing global warming, is what we saw between 1998 and now. We have, and this is admittedly true, because of the Industrial Revolution across the world, we have more and more carbon being contributed to the atmosphere and to an environment. The U.S. is actually backwards on this a little bit uh, because we've taken actions to try and cut our carbon footprint. But India, China, and others have not. And so there's more carbon in the atmosphere today than ever before. And yet since 1998, we've seen a pause in the warming cycle. That should show it's not carbon. Yeah, I would just take exception with that statement about it's higher. The the level of carbon dioxide is higher now than it's ever been. That's not true according to their statistics. And we can go back in their charts and they Mm -hmm. show much more aggregated. But I don't trust the data anyway because we don't have any way to go into an ice core and really talk about whatever it is that you are trying to convince me of 100,000 years ago or whatever. All right, let's go into histories, because rather than just looking at ice cycles, we also can look at geology, we also can look at written records. It is pretty well established that there was a Roman warm period between 200 and 500 AD, which we believe was warmer than it is today, and life still exists. There also was a medieval warm period between 800 and 1400 AD, just prior to the age that they call the Little Ice Age, because this stuff oscillates. That's what we see in history, is the oscillation of these periods of warmth and cooling. And yet, even though it was supposed to be warmer than today, no catastrophe. Life went on. If we believe in the biblical creationist account, the flood occurred, What occurred right after the flood, or as a result of the flood? We believe an ice age. We believe an ice age was produced of that, and in point of fact, an ice age is the only real good answer to that. The Milankovitch hypothesis really doesn't cut it, that you could have a production of an ice age just by very small differences in our orbit, what are the tilt of our axis. What really occurred, and what only makes sense, is that the flood caused that. Well, since that ice age ended, possibly somewhere around 400 years after the flood, what has the Earth been doing? Going through cycles much less in severity, but cycles... It's been going through cycles, but overall it's been warming. Overall it's been warming. It's not as cold today as it was during the ice age. But again, it goes through these kind of cycles. That's what we see in data. That's what also jives with what the Bible has. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid. Dr. Al Johnson and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. What about solar activity? How on earth could that be related to warming or cooling? Well, I'm not a solar guy. In other words, I don't have enough data to argue this very well. What have you read? Well, we do know, at least in our lifetime, we have sunspot activity that is apparently in 11-year cycles. And so we can look at modern temperature correlations between sunspot activity, the radiative effect, how much radiation, cosmic rays. Now, whether it's correlated and causative, I'll back off. I'm not going to be dogmatic about it. 
but it certainly has more influence, in my view, than anything else that we do. The sun is why we have light. And so if it increases 2, 3, 5% because of something that's going on in the sun, which we don't know very much about either, we know less about it than we do about our own weather, and we know very little about that. And so it's always instructive for me, for the scientific community, who knows so little about anything, to make pronouncements as though they have certainty attached to them. We can't even predict the weather with accuracy. If you could be a weatherman or a baseball player and have a 300 average and not get fired, you can't do that in any other job. Right. You just can't. I always say I want to be a weatherman. I want to be paid six figures for being wrong maybe half the time, or bright maybe half the time. If you can't tell me tomorrow or next week or next month, how is it that you have this ability to tell me with certainty what's going to happen in 2050 or by the end of the century? That's the the challenge for me. I can't wrap my arms around that. One of the predictions in the 80s when they started this movement of global warming climate change was that both the Arctic and Antarctic would basically disappear and that they would shrink. And we hear some prognostications and data out there in which people say, ooh, they are shrinking. What have you read on that topic? The other side as well, (laughs) that it's growing. (laughs) That it's growing. It shrinks on one side and grows on the other or something like that. Could be north is growing, the south is not. doesn't matter. The point is, if you only want to pick up your data and promote your trumpet, your side, it's dire. It's ugly. We're all doomed. And by next week, it'll be an eight-year. It's over. Depends on how long this political cycle goes on and how many people get in it. It'll be six years and it's over for us, right? So I don't pay much attention to those numbers because they've never been borne out. Well, that's what's really interesting because I don't know how well you follow exactly what's coming out right now. The proponents of the Green New Deal say that in 12 years, we're toast. Well, except for Beto, it's 10 years for him, so the next okay. guy's going to have eight okay. years. Okay, 10 to 12. Okay, what's the track record of that? What happened with all the prognostications in the 1980s? It's zero. It, it's not above the zero line. Uh, no, it didn't come off at all. Now, again, we want to balance this. Folks, we do need to be concerned about our environment and the investigation as to whether or not we were causing global warming and could we be exacerbating it by what we do. That's possible. But it's interesting that what you had climatologists, these same people who are on the climate change wagon, when they were brought before Congress and they were asked the flat-out question, how much are humans contributing to global warming, they couldn't give an answer. They would have had to pretend to say, we understand our atmosphere. And we don't. We don't. I want to underscore again, folks, does this whole discussion of distrusting what some of the data we're getting and seeing about global warming, does that mean we need to be never conscious of ozone action days or smog or our environment in cities? Absolutely not. We should be aware of that, and we should do what we can to mitigate against. I'm okay with ozone action days of waiting till 6 o'clock in the evening to refill your tank or whatever. I'm good with that. What's that? Not harming anything. I agree with that. My question is how many people that would say that they're concerned about this issue are people that I see go out when it's 68 degrees in the morning, they go out, start up their cars, and then go back in their house and then come out 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later with their kids to go about their day. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe? You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. 
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzville, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.